0: Here in verse 18, and when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first To him, follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead. And when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, synopsis, the simple summary is that God has called us to follow him. Now as we follow him and as we're on this road that leads to heaven, uh, it's not easy. God never promised that it's going to be easy. The only thing he did promise was a safe arrival. And as we go through our study today, you know, it's amazing. At our study today, we're going to learn a lot about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Here we read of a scribe wanting to follow Jesus. We saw that in verse 19. The Bible speaks over and over again of following the Lord Jesus. You know, later here in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And so Matthew arose and followed him. We read earlier in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 18 through 19, it says Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, and they were casting an to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Later on, as you read in John chapter 1, verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Jesus, when he was with the rich young ruler, in Matthew chapter 19, verse twenty, when he told him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be mature, if you want to be, says that if anyone wants to be a Christian, they must hear this call and heed this call of Jesus Christ. The Lord said in Matthew 16 verse 24 to his disciples, "If if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Please understand the Lord repeats this over and over and over again so that the synopsis, the summary for us For some of you here, maybe it's a new concept. You might say, Wow, Christianity is just like that game I used to play when I was a kid, follow the leader. It's just like that, right? And in a sense, uh, it really is. You know, for others of us here, I, I would venture to say, for most of us here, though, we've heard this before. But I believe. gotten what it is to follow Jesus Christ. You know even as Peter did after hearing it so many times, after 3 years of hands-on personal training from the Lord Jesus Christ, after being so close to the Lord, later on in the ministry he began to drift away and be distracted with the things of the world. And What really is going on here? That you and I are called to follow Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? You know, he's not here in the flesh anymore. just simply following Jesus Christ. What it means is that you have a leader, and you need to stay focused on him. What it means is that you need to join Jesus. You need to accompany him. You need to become his disciple devotedly, and you need to be by his side and sit at his feet as a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's the call for us to follow. You know, it's a really true... We're going to see today, without delay, without distraction, to be with him, to be like him, to be led by him. This is what following is all about. And I pray that we would know this as Christians. You know, it's kind of interesting. The Waudouni tribe, the Downey tribe, uh, they used to be called the Alka Indians, and they're the tribe that was converted. as Christians. They were searching and, and praying, and eventually the words or the title that they gave to themselves was simply, God Followers. That as Christians, they called themselves God Followers. And to me, when I think of that, I think, wow, how appropriate that is. Because that's really, you guys, what this is all about. We are God's following Jesus, and actually there's a lot here, but, you know, one is the question of first time Jesus calls himself the son of man in the gospel of Matthew definitely linking himself to Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 in which we see there he's identified as the messiah the man it's the humanity it's the divinity it is a title that Jesus used over and over about himself that he was the messiah Following him. You know, and I wonder, even as we begin this morning, you know, um, do you have an interest in following Jesus Christ? You know, I pray that you would. I pray that right now we would begin with that first step that you would say in your heart, you know, I, I do want to follow the Lord. Well, that's where this scribe began. When you read the Bible, you scribes were primarily dedicated to the study and teaching of the Scriptures. As such, they were often lawyers, judges, and teachers in their culture. Many times when you read the Bible, you find that the scribes were not receptive to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Here we see in verse 19 an exception. And it's kind of cool. You know, what the scribe says, you guys, look again what he says right there. Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I mean, there's so many things there about that phrase that are are just awesome. I mean, the teacher calls him teacher. I pray we would know that's our teacher. The leader was willing to be led as a scribe. And notice he says, I'll go wherever you send me. And I just think about that, and I think, wow. expect the Lord to say um, that's wonderful my son that's wonderful my scribe you know high five let's go you can be my righteous writer you know welcome to the team I mean you would expect Jesus right here who said something that sounded so right, there was simply a superficial commitment. You know, the Lord knows, man, that often our lips don't match our life. Our outbursts can tend to be based on emotions and not convictions, or we might even choose a religious road. There are some people who do that with the misconception that this road of And probably seeing that this guy doesn't have a clue what he's really asking for, what it means to follow him, especially into the ministry, that he wants to set him straight. And so the Lord pulls no punches. He paints no rose garden. Here the Lord presents the honest to goodness truth regarding the cost of being a disciple. He says, listen, uh, Mr. Scribe, the fox has his bird has his nest. As a matter of fact, we've got a bird up there that has its nest, man, on top of the ceiling tile right here. But the birds have their places. The fox has their places. But listen, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Here we see the Lord just wanting to set him straight. Here we see the Lord saying, listen, you must be willing better than this? Aren't I supposed to have a nice pillow, a nice place to rest my head? And God says, no, I never promised you that. Never, ever. Not from the beginning. I told you to count the cost. And, you know, I told you that if you follow me, it's like the foxes who have no hole, the bird who has no nest. In and to start and not finish. You know, it's so sad when you look at this, and there's so many things here, but a lot of people foolishly believe that if you follow Jesus by faith, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. They believe that all vacation home. And when Jesus traveled about, he didn't have a full-on, necessarily pre-planned itinerary as far as what inn or hotel he would stay at. You know, you read the Bible, and you find this is the way Jesus lived his life. He'd go and he'd pray, and then his father would lead him that day. And so it's kind of hard to pre-plan when you have that type of way of living life. You know, when you see the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, some people did open up their home for him. And his disciples, and I'm sure when that happened, he enjoyed it. But if there was no home ready for him, he was prepared to bundle up on a bench. when things don't go the way they thought they should go they don't get that job or they don't get that whatever it is and they get discouraged by those things when things don't happen according to their timing and then they get defeated by those things the lord says right off the bat listen that's not the way it is when you follow me you know god will do a 28, Luke 14, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. That's all the Lord is saying here, you guys. I want you to go into this with eyes wide open. I mean, understand the rewards are amazing to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus Christ means that while you live on earth, you will be blessed and satisfied. You'll have peace, joy, and love. You'll fulfill the reason for which your heart beats. The Lord is saying to follow him is an amazing thing, but in the meantime, while we're here on earth, understand it's not that easy, and so what I want you to do is to sit down and count the cost. Think about it. You're building a building, and before you even start the down and figure out whether or not you have enough money to finish. And so halfway through, it doesn't get done. You know what that is? That's a shame. That's a reproach. People will mock you and they will mock God. That's what happens when people enter into the ministry thinking it's for themselves. And when they find that things get rough, they He says, first, count the cost. Otherwise, it'll be a shame. The second thing he says right here, notice he says in verse 30, 31, or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000, or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a great delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you second one we see here. Imagine that. Going to war. They've got 20,000 and you've got 10,000. And so you got to check out your 10,000 and make sure they're buff or something, man. Because this is a heavy battle. If you don't think this one through, people are going to die. The loss of life, the shame. from the calling on our life and the lord says listen follow me i'll take you to heaven but i want you to know in the meantime you might have to sleep on a rock is that okay and you say okay lord no problem i know what i'm getting into and so when it hits me i'm not going to be surprised i'm going to continue and carry on and so you go back to matthew chapter eight and the lord gives us Listen, it's going to be tough. You're going to have trials. But I'm giving you that information up front so that when it happens, you're not led astray. The second question after the where is, what about the when of following? And again, look at verse 21. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. It's all about following. Here this morning and it's such a beautiful thing to talk to each other in fellowship. It's such a wonderful thing to be able to sing songs to God. And it's such an awesome thing to be able to hear his word. It's not a meeting. It's a supernatural event in which God wants to speak to us. Here he says, number one, I want you to follow me. Listen, that's what it's all some who read this and believe and teach that this man's father was dead, and that Jesus was prohibiting him to even attend the funeral, much less make any preparations. And you know, that is a possibility. It would definitely communicate the severity and extremity and urgency of the call of Jesus Christ upon our lives. Now think about that. The Lord's saying, hey, I know your dad has passed away, but listen, there's a calling on your life. If you read the Gospel of says, I want you to go right now and preach the gospel. And the Lord is saying, it's such an urgency that you can't even attend the funeral. There are some who believe that's what Jesus is Burial. So here, the Lord is hitting him somewhere where it's kind of a, a soft spot. He said, "Listen, in, in one sense, some people believe that maybe He's telling him he can't even go to that funeral because of the urgency and the extremity of the calling upon your life. And you know what? If the Lord says that, that's, that's it. huh? That's okay. If the Lord says that, you know. But I, I think there's another." This man was telling Jesus in essence, sorry, can't do it right now. Dad comes first. And it's not that dad had died. It's just that he needed to get some more time to stay with his father. He says, I can't follow you now. Wait until my dad dies. I'll follow you then. And when you think about that, if that's your attitude, if that's your perspective, it could be days, weeks, months, years. Some children die before their fathers do. And that's what happens when you put the delay on You know, the fundamental we learn here in following Jesus Christ is never to put a place, a possession, or a person before him. He is to have preeminence. We just cannot delay the decision to follow Jesus. When should we choose to follow Jesus? possessions before pillows, we need to fully follow Jesus. We can't delay. Right now, we should follow him and forever. That's what the Greek says right here. The Lord says, no, Decided to follow Jesus, and our life as Christians continues as we continue to follow Jesus every day. Again, here I am, Lord, and you find out where you're leading. Say no, I've got other places, possessions, or you know, things to do, then your heart gets harder. The next time God tries to visual illustration of what's happening, you guys, in our life. It says in Matthew 4, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. they immediately left their net. right here. Jesus is walking by. He's walking by. Now's your chance. Now's your chance to walk with the creator, to walk with Christ, that he would make you not just fishers of fish, fishers of men. Don't you want to help people go says right there, they immediately, they left their nets, and they followed him. In verse 21, it says, going on, from there he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And notice, there's that word again. follow Him into the unknown, into probably some tough times. But just to know, man, that if we follow Him now, that God is going to do an incredible work in our life. You know, not another day should go by. Not another moment should pass without you and I determining, resolving in our hearts to fully follow Jesus Christ by faith, without hesitation, without reservation, think, well, the only thing that was holding this man back was his dad. You know what? But as you look a little closer there at verse 21, we see the real reason that this man didn't first. Well, what about God? And what about your wife? And what about your children? Don't they need God? You need God. They need God. It's not me first. It's God first. Others first. You last. That's what Christians do. And that's the life that we need to live. That can be a big We see the where in following. We see the when in following. And then we see the who in following. In verse 23, it says, And now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came. about Jesus is he wasn't all that impressed with crowds. He says, oh, there's too many people here. I got to go, right? And so we see he gives a command to depart to the other side. And it's so cool, you guys, there in verse 23. Notice again, his disciples followed him. It's so cool. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do. He gives us the commands, but then we see him get into the boat. They get into their boats and they begin to follow him. His disciples being in so when you follow Jesus you figure okay Therefore, it was a it was a warm place. And so when the cold winds would come in and they would just travel through the mountains, from what I understand, reading all these historical, cultural background books, the waves would just, boom, suddenly everything happened. The winds would blow from all different directions. As a matter of fact, the word right here for tempest is the Greek word seismic. We get our word earthquake. The Bible is translated earthquake. This could have been a tsunami. And we see this is definitely a unique situation. But the Holy Spirit just really wants to communicate to us that where the Lord was leading them was a crazy, crazy place. I mean, the storm was so severe, the wind would compress and rush down on the lake suddenly. The sea was always a tough place. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, that's why it says in the book of Revelation there's no more sea, because they just thought the sea was bad. But here we see the Lord led them there. And you know what? I just want to share with you guys, and I think you know this, because a lot of us are probably going through some tough times. A lot of us are going through the storms of life. It, It feels like a tsunami. well, the Lord has authored this. I've been trying my best to follow him, and here I am in this stormy situation. And even for those of you here who maybe you hadn't been following the Lord in that sense, and maybe the Lord hasn't authored it, he has allowed it, because he's sovereign and he's Lord. And here we are today, we find ourselves in these sudden storms authored by God, allowed by God. And so you look at this situation right here, That means that they were really in a life-and-death situation. So they're bailing out the water. The Bible says in the Gospel of Mark, into the storms of life. Why? Because he wants to show us who he is. It's a testing of our faith. It reveals it, and it refines it. And as we follow the Lord, it's so cool, I wouldn't want to miss this storm for nothing. Because it will show them, not only is he Rabbi, not only is he Lord, but he is God. That as you determine to follow should we do? Well, here we see what they did. It says right there, his disciples came to him, verse 25, and they woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Now, the other gospel says that they told Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about what we're going One thing that's okay that they did is that they they went to the Lord, you know, and just, you know, woke him up. I mean, who knows? They may have pounded him. I don't know how they woke him up, but they woke him up, okay? And I think that's okay. Let's go to the other side. You're not perishing as a Christian. You're not perishing as a Christian. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Don't panic. Pray and understand that he cares. You know, later on, we, like I said earlier, they had told the Lord, don't you care? And a lot of times I think we find ourselves in situations and we might ask the Lord the same question. Or we might have same lie of lucifer in our heart you know he whispers it to our ears you know does the lord see what the you know storm is the situation that you find yourself in i wonder if the lord really does care lord are you sleeping but here we see the lord wakes up and he and he rebukes them it says right there in verse 26 he said to them the centurion was commended for his great faith. And when we panic without prayer, when we question whether or not God sees or is in control, then I would believe he would say the same thing to us. Oh, you of little faith. You know, he saw that and he said that many times in the Bible. He said, you guys of little faith. You know, here we see the Lord teach Clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Later in Matthew 14, verse 31, when Peter was walking on water, then he began to sink. Jesus stretched out his hand and called. over your life and the situations that we find ourselves in, he is sovereign and he sees everything and he is in complete control. I wonder what it would have been like if the disciples had had that type of faith. I wonder how it would have gone. I mean, who knows, man. I don't know for sure, but maybe they could have just let the Lord And so, you know what, let's let him sleep. finances, and you know what they'll do? They'll look at finances through man's eyes while it's not in the budget. Okay, yeah, I understand that, but let me ask you a question. Then what is different between you and a pagan? What's the difference between you and a pagan? We need to pray when you ask to God, Lord, you know what? This is kind of stretching, and it's a little bit in jeopardy, and I feel sometimes like the boat is sinking, but God... just a matter of whether or not the numbers are in order. Do you know how many times I have read of ministries taking steps of faith where the finances weren't there? And then what happened? The finances came. Why? Because they had an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying to the church. It just affects our whole that. He was able to wake up and just uh, say, peace. Be still. And then suddenly, shoo, all the winds stop. All the waves relaxed. Total peace. And God has that type of power. He wants to show us who he is. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16.9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself child out of that crazy trial that they went through or the rebellious years or whatever, guess what's going to happen? You will be convinced that God is able to bring back the stray sheep and then you will minister to others about the amazing way that God is able to do these things. You see, God wants to show himself strong. He wants to prove who he is. And as we go through the trial. That's why James says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that testing of your faith produces endurance. See? You know, later on in Matthew 14, verse 33, it says, And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, there's no other explanation it wasn't because we were so greatly organized and it wasn't because we did you know 150,000 advertisements in the penny saver or whatever it is when there's no other explanation except god God can do that. Psalm 89, verse 9, speaking of God, it says, you who rule the raging of the sea when its waves rise, you still them. Psalm 107, verse 29, speaking of God, it says, he calms the storms so that its waves are still. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in this life. You know, when I was reading this right here, and I said, Lord, you know what? From this day forward, Go through the storms of life. For together we